0: There's a reason young people aren't here because they wouldn't be here anyway. They don't go to anything like this. And so it's it's um so it's like wanting young people to show up, but wanting them to do stuff that the previous generation does.
1: Yeah, they want them to like fit into that box. And like part of me, like I really enjoy the conferences because, you know, I get to hang out with you guys, so, so our asses off and look like idiots. Yeah, the
2: conferences are, are fun as fuck. But right. yeah, there's there yeah. is an issue with yeah, being kind of like a uh, professional trade show.
1: Yeah, and it, it feels almost like they want the next generation, they want the younger people, but it almost feels like younger people go to a physical conference anymore, because that's just
0: We go to festivals. That's
1: yeah, we do. go to festivals, we go to like um, Yeah, we need Enneagram <laughs> <There you> go <laughs> I'm
3: it's so down happen. with that. The
0: Big Hormone Enneagram.
2: Hi, it's John here. I'm a sexual self-prez four with a five, four five eight tri-type. Hi, David here. I'm a
4: self-prez sexual nine with a one, nine seven four tri-type. Hey, it's Emeka. I'm an eight wing seven sexual
0: type with the eight five four tri-type.
1: Hey, it's Nancy. I'm a self-prez social three wing four and three six nine tri-type.
2: Have you seen that OK Boomer meme? Yes.
1: <laughs> I love that meme. Oh,
2: man. I love it too. It's so funny. And with <sighs> my favorite part is um, all the think pieces about how hateful <laughs> okay, Bo- <laughs> OK Boomer is. And, you know, it made me think of um, maybe three calls ago. Uh, we talked about like professionalism and the sort of veneer of professionalism and the sort of the upper middle class values that. Uh, Sort of infect the Enneagram field so that, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it makes it harder for new voices to come in, even while those older voices are saying, hey, come in new voices, but plan (laughs) our terms. And and like, yeah, just the reaction that I'm seeing in people's personal posts and stuff like this to OK Boomer is like, (laughs) it's like so fucking funny. (laughs) Uh,
1: Man. Revealing of
2: type as well, probably. Uh I don't know. I haven't I haven't thought about it from the point of view of type, but I was just thinking about it in terms of um from the point of view of uh just the the different styles of learning and mm. different styles of communication mm-hmm. uh that are presented generationally and also mm. like you know, one of the themes that every generation comes into conflict with the with a prior generation is a sort of um you know, I don't know what ages between like your teenage age and sometime in your 30s or 20s or something, a lot of your worldview and values get crystallized. And so when it comes to boomers, it's sort of like uh, their worldview was crystallized in a particular milieu in a particular era. And now like, you know, 40, 30, whatever years later, they're trying to apply the same worldview (laughs) to our generation and mm-hmm. and writing like a million fucking condescending comments and articles about <laughs> millennials and stuff like this. And then, you know, and then somebody just just decides, okay, boomers, the appropriate <laughs> response because because <laughs> the part of the thing is like, I mean, like that, that out keeping an outdated worldview means I'm not listening, you know, and this right? happens to every generation. So it's not mm-hmm. just boomers or whatever, yep. but it's just where it's at right now. But, um, you know, part of the, dismissal of it is like you're not gonna listen to me anyway so okay boomer whatever like you don't give a fuck <laughs> and that and how much that enrages people is so good it's so funny it's so
4: funny it's truly amazing <laughs> that one took off faster than anything i've
2: ever seen
1: <laughs> yeah it was like one day here the next day viral <laughs>
2: Well, there was this, um, <laughs> I think she was, she's in New Zealand. Uh, I think she's like 25 years old, but she's like a some kind of PM or something. Mm. Uh, and she was giving a presentation on climate change and somebody like uh, heckled her in the middle yep. of her speech. Mm. She goes, okay, boomer in the middle of it. And it just yeah. like, <sighs> yeah, that was it.
1: <laughs> oh my God. I had no idea that was how it started. Oh yeah. That's what it was.
2: Yeah, I, I started it. following her, but it, I mean, it started before her uh but she was the hero that really Oh, okay I didn't know that oh my god yeah because like a couple a couple months ago um I just like I I started following a group that's something like the group title on Facebook was like a group where we all pretend to be boomers (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and and there's like several similar uh groups like this but it was like deeply cathartic for me uh to like these hilarious impressions of like baby boomers using Facebook or the internet or (laughs) passing memes about like, you know, how the blue Skittle, blue Skittle color dye is going to or M&M color dye is going to give you cancer. Meanwhile, being mushy about like something real, like climate change, you know? And uh, like, and so then from there, like this okay boomer thing started. And so people from, (laughs) from these groups would like share something from a, from a, From an actual boomer, or from like basically millennials or Gen X people who have the big boomer mindset. Mm -hmm. And then everybody would just go from that group to just post responses to whatever their (laughs) meme or comment was, just okay, boomer. And it would be hundreds of okay boomers. It was so (laughs) funny.
1: I think part of the reason I love that so much is because it's like the same level of dismissal that they're giving to like Gen Xers and millennials, we're giving back to them. And And it makes them just as mad as it makes us like
2: well, it makes them more mad you know it's like yeah <laughs> like we're just like used to, we're kind of used to it we're like okay we make a meme about like oh the millennials are killing the spoon industry or something like that. <laughs> and then, but, then, but then there was like an there was like an article or something uh and I hope I'm not just making this up but I think there was an article that was like um title was. The OK Boomer slur, which they call the slur. Wow. Oh, yeah, Just yeah. as bad as the N-word.
1: I saw that.
2: No no. Wow. Yeah, let me, I got to find it. I got to look it up. I got to
1: yeah. make sure this is real. It went viral on Instagram. I, I saw thought that it.
0: was like an Onion article.
2: Like, maybe, maybe. maybe.
0: <laughs> I can't, be, I mean, it is, it's probably not an Onion article, but the, the idea of it sounded like an Onion article, but it sounded like something a Boomer would actually fucking say no
2: it, it all right so it's real so uh oh
1: god oh dear lord but it
2: was it was from a conservative uh radio guy named yeah bob lonsberry sounds like a conservative radio this
1: longsberry
4: <laughs> i thought those names were extinct
3: <laughs> <laughs> he thought
2: tweeted, they went out with the boomers <laughs> he also he also tweeted being hip and flip does not make bigotry okay. Oh, or is a derisive epithet acceptable because it is new. You know, like, mm-hmm. just I shut the fuck that. up.
0: Were wow. you the one that posted the thing about some HR email about how they were discussing <coughs> how um, uh, the OK Boomer phrase was going to be used in the workplace? Did you post that or did I see? I, I might have seen it. I didn't post room. that. I okay. wish I did. Yeah, it's something I saw on Twitter, I think. That's so funny. Yeah, the it, HR was talking about how yeah. OK Boomer was being... Disallowed in the workplace. And
1: oh my
0: God. no, you're yeah, jumping it, on
1: that so <laughs> fast.
0: You couldn't use that because it it, it promotes ageism and I don't support that here at
2: this company. Oh <laughs> blah, blah, oh blah. blah. And I was like,
1: wow, save the old white men, save <laughs> them. Yeah,
2: you could fucking rag on millennials for like 20 years, but then <laughs> somebody says, okay, boomer, and it, everybody's head explodes. <laughs> oh man yeah <laughs>
0: but yeah back to your point it does say something and we were seeing that in uh in all these enneagram groups and just the way people have, are responding to
2: just the way we do things just the well, way people
0: communicate about anything
2: without a- naming names you know this sort of <laughs> like asking questions or sharing like well like you know like in the last talk we did about introjection is the defense mechanism of four that Naranjo gave when it really better describes nine, for example, you know, it's like, you start, you just ask like questions or or raise a point and they're not ignorant questions nor ignorant points. Um, But then like the challenge of the authority of what's established out there or, you know, like talking about a particular so-and-so's typing, it's like, Instead of actually engaging with the content, it becomes this. You're you really being very rude and da da da. And this is how it is already. And so it just becomes this kind of like, okay, boomer. Just <laughs> becomes <know>. the, the <laughs> only response to like, I'm really not interested in engaging in anything sincerely. We need to start saying that to young people. Okay, <laughs> definitely.
1: Okay, yeah, definitely. Because yeah, there's you know. definitely the young opinions. boomers. Oh yeah,
4: yeah. that's very true. Against. Totally, totally.
1: Yeah, I think one thing that really strikes me about like the older generation of Enneagrammers versus the generation of Enneagrammers is the older generation thinks they know everything. And it just blows my mind. I'm like, you guys have had this knowledge for what, 70 years tops? And like people are still having, creating new theories about Christianity. Like, come on, you (laughs) cannot possibly know everything. Like sit down, shut up, we'll talk about it. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that's the, people are very protective of their sense of uh, authority. Astry. Yeah, in the Enneagram is a, a field that is very brand new and still developing, but they want to act like it's been around forever and people want to reference, oh, I've been doing this for 25
2: years and as if that means something. I mean, granted, there are a lot of dumb theories that people can't come up with. They just don't know the Enneagram very well, but think they do. And they're like, well, now we're going to introduce this concept of there's a line between type seven and type four, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, there isn't. (laughs) There's like, there's like so many different perspectives and angles you could take to explaining why there isn't, whether it's the the geometry, the symbol, or just the type themselves. Uh, There's not like two extra lines in the Enneagram. It doesn't make any sense, but people will say, well, how do we account for how force can have a sense of humor and sometimes enjoy themselves? (laughs) wow or
1: oh my god
2: how do we account for how sevens sometimes feel depressed and sad and it's like they're both including also one they're all frustration types which speaks to a core of frustrated suffering you know and so it's just different three different strategies of trying to manage frustration and so if you actually you know you actually know what you're talking about uh then it like the, the theory weak doesn't mean anything. But then uh and you know and also that kind of uh that thinking relies on behavior rather than understanding the real motivation of the types. So it's mistaking like it's like whoa happy four what what is going on? You know it must be a line to seven because seven is the happy type. You know <sighs> it's like very, very crude in terms of thinking very flat. And so um, yeah. So there's a lot of really dumb stuff that people introduce, even people who seemingly have quote unquote experience. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that sense of, I think on both ends, there needs to be curiosity and inquiry and not just like, Hey, here's the new thing. Peace. You know, it's like whenever anybody <laughs> introduces something like that, you know, that they're not, uh, there's, that they're full of shit because they're, and usually when somebody introduces something new, that's meaningful and it has substance, there's a, there's a, a, a walking through it process mm-hmm. you know even in like if it's an online discussion or something it's like hey here's my thinking this is where it came from this is where it's going these mm-hmm. are the correlations instead of just like well here it is boss you know
3: <laughs> yeah i think that uh,
1: part of what kind of fans that is the way that the enneagram institute sets up the Enneagram conferences, like you said before, it's like very tech conference esque, where they're like, "Here's the new thing, like let's talk about our new thing," and everything has to be new and great and brand new and shiny. And it's like that's not really how the Enneagram be discussed. I feel like, if that makes any sense. Yeah,
0: <clears throat> I remember the first time I went to the first Enneagram conference. I went to, um. It it felt like a work conference. Like, yeah, you've ever been to one of those? Yeah.
3: Like, yeah.
0: You know, just everyone goes where they're supposed to.
1: Stuffy um, as hell.
0: Stuffy as hell. It's just old and white. <laughs> <laughs> Way too expensive. Way too you know, expensive. just all of the above. And just, yeah, it just felt like... um. If I wasn't here meeting up with two of my buddies, I wouldn't, I would not have any reason to be here. And, you know, the idea of wanting to reach out to the next generation, it's like, you're not, you, you, you have to understand that everything about what you're doing is dead.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> everything about what you're doing is not young. There's a reason young people aren't here because they wouldn't be here Anyway. They don't go to anything like this, and so it's it's um so it's like wanting young people to show up, but wanting them to do stuff that the previous generation does. Um, it Funny. doesn't yeah. it, it doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, they want them to like fit into that box, and like part of me, like I really enjoy the conferences because you know I get to hang out with you guys. So, her asses off and look like idiots. Yeah, the
2: conferences are are fun as fuck, but right. yeah, there's there yeah. is an issue with yeah being kind of like a uh professional trade show
3: yeah and it it feels
1: almost like they want the next generation they want the younger people but it almost feels like younger people go to a physical conference anymore because that's just we go to festivals that's yeah we do. go to festivals we go to like <laughs> um yeah we need any
2: <laughs> there you go. I'm it's so going to with that. It's gonna We're going to like
1: Comic-Con, festivals, Burning I'm, Man, like I'm going to wear
2: actually. I'm going to wear a Native American headdress and no shirt.
3: <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Please do. Please
2: do.
3: Next,
2: next summer, I'm just I mean, basically
0: what happens is when we go to these conferences, a bunch of you know, a bunch of us just hang out end up hanging out anyway. Um, discussing the enneagram <laughs> Right. And so we just need to call it our festival and it can happen during the same time it doesn't because the stuff that we want to do doesn't clash with um the workshops that happen during the day um and so it's like it can happen at the same time and it can just be called whatever
3: festival and I, i think like
2: you know thinking practically and realistically about the conferences like you know I think that it is good to have different kinds of presentations and you can kind mm-hmm. of sample stuff and see different kinds of teachings and da 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 that's going on out there but but when it's all that, it becomes kind of one note, you know what I mean um, and I, I just I think there would be I think they'd benefit more from stuff that we've all talked about in the past together about like like balancing the kind of presentation style presentations with uh, some kind of facilitated discussion or something a little bit more on the collaborative or interactive side especially Mm. um if it can you know like we talked one time about doing a collage typing kind Mm. of thing but like having that be a more interactive deal then here's how to do it and then we're going to just type you or something you know like Mm. like and, and and having stuff like Uh, meditation areas or something like, you know, but like things where there's a feeling of participation a bit more, you know? And I, because I I actually think like, how would you do an Enneagram conference better? And, you know, there's like, there's things to rag on for sure, but I actually, it's hard to know how to actually practically move it uh, into a different direction without just, Leaving it open to any kind of like loony whatever everybody going,
4: throwing chairs into the middle of the room and starting it on fire or something.
2: Yeah. Or some kind of like really like you walk into a room and it's like, all right, now here's the type talk discussion time. And nobody wants to talk. Or or yeah. they, or they just go into their clicks or whatever.
0: No, yeah. I like the I like the idea of because there was a point where we had a conference call about how to modernize IEA couple was it a couple years ago that that happened Must have been. yeah and there were some pretty cool ideas that came around like the meditation idea or the collage exercise booth and i think uh two years ago we did a thing where we had a bunch of us at the restaurant doing collage stuff or just talking about it and everyone kind of going around and trying it on um something like that is is what i would in, in, imagine like what's missing, I mean, because IEA is not bad in terms of if you want to see good talks and go to workshops, you have a whole bunch to go to, but what would be cool is if there was that sense of exercises and the ability to mix and not feeling like you're just being shuffled through a bunch of classes and you're not, you don't have a chance to really work through some stuff or to play around with ideas with people at the conference. And that's probably the biggest thing that we might have suggested was have more stuff where people can mix in an informal format, um, yeah. like a space where there's a meditation or thing going on or a sense of play, not like uh just courses. So it's like okay, you can go do these courses and do these workshops at IEA, but then you can decompress at this other festival thing where everyone's sort of playing around with um certain ideas and ex doing exercises and things like that. Uh
2: yeah, I think I think part of the challenge of uh, integrating any is uh, <laughs> you know is is partially that you know conferences the this in general, not just any group conferences, but are at hotels. And mm-hmm you know, hotels are sort of weirdly organized, you know, like in terms of these like discrete rooms and stuff like that. And so I don't know what a better situation would be, but um if it wasn't so like go to um conference room like I'm trying to think of different names of the
1: Rose kinds. Hall.
2: Yeah, Rose Hall or like <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, yeah
1: yeah and it's like it's just beside the gym where we have our lovely pool
2: or linwood linwood conference <laughs> you know it's like these kind of really harmless names. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like walking through the hotel like so the first i think conference i ever went to uh was in san francisco and i did um i was a very uh like schizoid vampire-esque uh like like four or five and <laughs> I ended up talking to Jessica Dibb, and uh, she encouraged me to go to her breathwork presentation, which was very cool. And I haven't seen um, similar things that are, like, related to the Enneagram but not based in Enneagram. But, uh, yeah, we just – we started talking. She was like, come to my thing. So I came, and, uh, you know, she's like – it was breathwork. So she started having people, like, move and breathe. And I was like, oh, God, get me the fuck out of here. And I couldn't leave, like I couldn't escape and ended up doing a breathwork session. It was one of the most powerful experiences in my life and it changed my life. And that's why I moved from Olympia to uh, New York uh, to pursue breathwork. But um, I remember having this experience of like a higher world and coming out of this room and still in this, like, higher state, but I remember being, looking at the hotel, the ugly hotel carpet, <laughs> and, and it's like, reconciling this deep inner experience with this ugly carpet.
3: <laughs> and it was, like,
2: you know, maybe it's my type showing up. But it's it a very like, four thing. Yeah. yeah, it was, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, it was just this weird... I was like, why are we doing this in a, co- a hotel? You know, like like this yeah. these ugly, you know, they're, they're, there's a hotel. Why is my
4: experience besmirched by this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious.
3: I,
2: I want to say, though, uh, I looked up uh, the MP. She's in the Green Party in um, the Parliament of New Zealand, I believe. Mm. Her name is Chloe Swarbrick. So she is the first official big hormone hero <laughs> Rose, Barbara, okay boomer okay boomer queen <laughs> okay boomer queen
1: just get tattoos of her face Our
2: queen yeah New Zealand
0: <laughs> uh, i in terms of location um that's a difficult one, but that is um, difficult but i had i had um I went to uh, a a season rap party for the show Easy, which was kind of an interesting thing that happened at a hotel. So the director had rented out the entire floor at the Virgin Hotel, um, which is a really interesting thing when you think about it. But just the logistic of, the logistics of it was really cool because he had set up maybe like five different rooms where like this was the alcohol room and then this was the tarot room and then this room was like... Uh, so it's like maybe like five different themed rooms. Uh, you've got this hotel room that's set up a certain way and you just knew to go to that room for that thing. So it actually kind of worked out really well that that um, you go to a certain room for this and go to another room for that. And so you have the sense that, hey, we're all waiting in line at the tarot room to get our tarot readings. And then there's another room where you can do Uh, All the alcohols there, and then there's another room where people are hanging out in this giant, massive bed. Um, That seemed like a like an interesting way to make
2: use of a hotel. That's what we need at AnyaCela: a giant bed, giant massive (laughs) bed, giant bed where we're all.
1: We would make so many people uncomfortable.
2: Thriving, throbbing, glistening bodies. I mean that's kind of what we did, I isn't am, it?
0: Like You are making me did. uncomfortable <laughs> and I have to go. <laughs>
2: that
0: was <laughs> the best part. That poor
1: woman. <laughs> you are making me uncomfortable.
0: It is time for me to go. <laughs> we Can't basically used our hotel rooms to to do a bunch of to have different little stations. It's true.
1: Um, yeah. Mine was the so, I mean, till nine p.m. party room.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, then self prez kicked in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, get the fuck out.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the first year, is, if the, we do a festival the first year, it's not going to be that much more than the people that already show up. It's just like starting the thing so that people know that it exists so, exists so that they can come the next year. But the first year, we could basically do the same shit that we always do is we use our <laughs> rooms to have different things going on. Just this time, we're going to have a plan decide ahead of time, like, this is when we're going to do things, but it ain't going to be any different than what we usually do. We just kind of have to give it a name so that people can actually know that we're
2: doing it. It needs to be the uh, Enneagram Fire Festival. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) my
1: God. We'll
2: promise big things and deliver nothing. Get everybody stranded in, in like, suburb of Chicago.
0: Part of me needs to have something trolling about the name. It has to be, like,
2: Fire related (laughs) we got to find the jaw rule of the enneagram (laughs) that's funny (laughs) yeah yeah
1: yeah but i i do think like something uh that a lot of younger people really appreciate and want more in the enneagram Is experiential stuff, and that's just—it's not—it's they—you aren't going to get them to sit there and focus for three days when there's no experiential stuff going on, and there's nothing that they can really take away and grow on that is a bunch of words.
2: You know what, you fucking (sighs) millennials—we would just sit in conferences all day long. (laughs) Dear Lord, vitamin K seeping out of our pores under the fluorescent lighting. And we fucking enjoyed it.
1: We okay, Boomer.
3: <laughs>
0: Nancy, what are what are some examples of experiential stuff that you've that we've done that you've that you think a lot of people would be into?
3: Um
1: I always love anything having to do with like breath work, uh, because I feel like that just is easily accessible for me. Um do anything having to do with breath work? Um like the Instinct one was really cool. The cards. Uh, yeah. Uh no, John's workshop. Oh, okay. One. Um, I do like the cards.
3: Um
2: no, yeah. not the cards. Not the cards. Uh, Never. <laughs> Never. Definitely Never.
0: not the cards. <laughs> too, okay. much witch, too much witchcraft there, man. <laughs>
2: no, John's <laughs> workshop <laughs> baby. Very <laughs> polarizing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. So, yeah, anything having to do with that kind of stuff would be fun. I like the idea of a giant bed to hang out in, though. Like, <laughs> I feel like we would get so much in, inner work done in a giant bed.
0: Yes. <laughs> inner
3: work.
1: <laughs> wink, wink.
0: <laughs> That's going to be I part of the joke. <laughs> part of the promotional ads. It's like, we're going to be doing a lot of inner work in this giant
2: bed. Don't
1: miss <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. You'd get so many people to show up to that.
2: All dudes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Nancy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Her fantasy is <laughs> finally fulfilled.
1: I feel like the dudes that would show up to that are not in my fantasy, though.
4: That's very true. That's I'd be very,
1: like, ugh, ugh, get out
4: of the room. That's that's very true. Some, some okay boomers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Only yeah, exactly. okay, though. <laughs> some, okay not some okay
4: boomers not okay boomers <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and somehow they're all under 30 and yet they're okay boomers. <laughs>
0: yeah. that that seems to be the only people that have been responding to the let's reach out to this younger generation thing <laughs> because i mean there are people our age that are might as well be
2: from the previous generation that they're yeah yeah for sure yeah <laughs> You know, I mean, part of the part of the trouble is that it does take so long to really have a good understanding of Enneagram that you know it requires like many years into it, and so to get younger people who are have like a kind of a, a you know a, a real sense of kind of an expertise, if some sense, um, is a challenge, and uh, you know, to, so you know, so that's part of the problem too, is that. A lot of people that really know the Enneagram tend to be much older. And so, you know, then how do you, how do you uh, really have something that appeals to younger people without losing quality and losing, um, you know, that can sort of speak the language of the inner work of the psychology, of the way it shows up in people's personality habits, those kind of levels, and also speak. Uh, on the level of where people are at from a younger crowd and what they're looking for, because that's really, that's really difficult. And, um, and you know, how do you stay like in integrity with something professionally and spiritually and all that kind of shit that it revolves without uh, becoming like stuffy and sort of feeling like you're, you're a persona on a stage rather than like a normal person. I feel like a big part of that is
0: the modes of delivery. I mean, you just look around and look around at the way people our age are learning new things right now or the way people communicate. You're looking at like memes, videos are huge. I think most people learn. You can get a full education on YouTube. Just a lot of YouTubers and video essays that are going in depth and making like documentary level depth um on different topics so i think for our generation people aren't i mean people still read books but it's not like before because you can get
2: some pretty detailed uh deep dives on youtube or back in my day we used to just fucking buy books and put them on our shelves (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) so i think what's going to get a lot of young people is
0: um new media New, like, and one thing that that's really cool about not a four, or at least the memes is like I realized that <laughs> that there was a way to say certain. This was a way to say certain things that I couldn't. That would be difficult to say any other way, and no one would, or that in ways that people wouldn't pay attention to otherwise.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like a quick image that illustrates an idea is pretty powerful because, or you know, like a cartoon. Because it can communicate something in, in very quickly, in a way that uh, you know no one's gonna. They might not read an article, but they'll they'll fucking laugh at a meme and they'll save
2: it and they'll send it to a bunch of people. Um, uh, I'm, I mean, part of the problem though is that we all know that the meme and online Enneagram world is sort of a ruthless, banal hells, hellscape of misinformation <laughs> oh, and oh yeah, lack of humor. But um, I do want to shout out to. Enneagram nine memes. Yep. So Anygram oh, yeah. nine memes, number nine memes. It's run by a girl named Lana Blake. She's fucking hilarious. And it's the only good Enneagram meme account there is. It's so funny. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I don't think what's, what's a, I'll, I'll link you to, I mean, she just, she just, she mostly makes fun of being a nine, mm-hmm. but it's so funny. Like mm. consistently, like actually hilarious. And <sighs> really like, Gets at what you know. I don't know. Some I don't know what it is. If it's if it's the nine thing too, that's funny. Mm. But uh, I mean, it's and it's all like playful. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's great. I'm I'm trying to find a, a good example that doesn't require.
0: Yeah, she's consistently hilarious. I <laughs> I follow a couple other ones, and they're not. They're either misinformed or not funny. Um. Yeah, she's probably the only one that I, I would say is consistently putting out some hilarious shit.
2: I'm, I'm linking you, David, on Instagram too. Cool. Uh, <laughs> but it seems like that's blown up in the past
0: um, memes, uh, enneagram memes, in the past year. And enneagram, like for example, like the, the number one enneagram page, enneagram and coffee, basically blew up in the <laughs> last year. Like went from nothing to mm. like half a million followers in the in the past year so this this boom that's happening on instagram has only been happening very recently my my sister just telling me um a couple months ago that she's been just seeing enneagram stuff pop up on her feed not from anyone she knows just like showing up from people reposting it and things like that so i mean that's an example of our generation of people who are finally getting into the enneagram doing it the way they do everything else which is, you know, memes and short little posts. Like if you look at any Graham and Coffee page, it's uh, that's a good example of, um, I mean, they blew up because of memes. Yeah. That, that's how she got to
3: 500,000.
0: <laughs> but now it's like every day, it's just like these little cute lists and fucking infographics. And yeah, the infographics are generally terrible. Mm, yeah, yeah.
1: They're, they're not good.
0: So I mean, that's what we're gonna have to do to to get people with uh, our material is these new modes of communication, and a lot of times it's it's like even just saying what is true and accurate is super controversial. Like people are up in arms when you actually say what what, like for example, what for is. Um, so that brings a lot of traction right there on its own. Um, just how much people are reacting to accurate
2: information so i want to share one of the one of the memes from uh enneagram nine memes uh that's just simple enough to talk about through audio but it's got this it's like a cartoon a very simple drawing of a girl looking kind of soft and she's got a a door over her heart and it says listen to your heart above it and so she opens the door and it's her heart and then the heart says take a nap (laughs)
1: oh my god (laughs) that is so funny
2: for the nine heart Mm -hmm.
4: the
1: nine heart always wants to take a nap
4: (laughs) i have some familiarity with that
3: (laughs) just a little bit
4: (laughs) smidget (laughs) Hmm.
1: (laughs) having yeah having nine in my tri-type i love naps
0: what is that like for you having like as a three having a nine fix um how do you experience that
1: uh well i mean i've said before like i'm like the eeyore of threes because you know i have like (laughs) self-doubting six i'm like oh like when you're describing a six i was like i know i'm not a six but i relate to Mm -hmm. almost all of this Mm -hmm. um and then like how the nine shows up um I am very introverted, and when I'm not, well, I'm very picky, I should say, um, and people drain me really easily, and mm-hmm. I, like, when I'm mentally drained, I physically feel it, so it's like, you know, if people are draining me or making me too exhausted, I'll start feeling ill, Instead of just feeling like, oh, you know, you're boring and I'm tired. No, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm sick. I have a I, re- I relate. Yeah. And that's like, <laughs> you relate. Uh, that, that might be like more self-prezy, but um, yeah, I just know that like things drain me very easily. I have a very low amount of energy that I can give to anything.
3: Huh.
1: Mm-hmm. Are Which you able to sustain rubbish. energy,
3: though, in a certain direction?
1: I can if I like really believe in something, but even even then, even then, it will like I have I have limited resources.
2: So where does the uh, Nancy Nader come in? (laughs) That's just the image, man.
1: Yeah, that's all image.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Reality is Nancy's at home wrapped up in blankets. (laughs) I mean,
1: (laughs) you are not wrong. I'm in my bed right now. Um, no, but I think when I was younger, I kind of leaned into my threeness a lot more. Um, and I I just had a lot more ability to kind of ignore the fact that I was exhausted all the time.
3: So how would you distinguish being a three versus being a nine? Mm -mm -mm. Like what, what clues you into being a three? Um,
1: I mean, I am very, I guess I am very focused on like image. Um,
3: hmm. it's a tough
2: one. Cause I think there's a lot of image conscious nines too, you know? So yeah. how, like what, what, uh, I, I deeply apologize for calling your type into question. No, I'm not actually. You calling already have.
1: You already have in our friendship. So
2: no, but I'm not. I'm just. I'm. I'm sincerely curious about how you. You know what? What? The, where the edges are? I'll tell yeah. a story. I'll tell a Nancy story.
1: Yeah, go for it. Oh God,
2: we, we, we were. Uh, yeah, I, might I think have it was a story, too. <laughs> oh,
3: no,
0: <laughs> we were trying to go to Trader Joe's, and I think I'd been up. Me and David had been up early, and we're trying. We're waiting for everyone else. <laughs> get ready for Trader Joe's. And Nancy was like, oh, yeah, I want to go to Trader Joe's. And so I was like, well, we, we need to wait for John and, and them to wake up so that we can all <laughs> carpool together. She's like, all right, well, I'm going to go for a run. And once I'm done with this run, I'm sure you guys, they would have been up and we could all go. And so I said, like, OK, that's, that's a great plan. We we're going to wait for We waited, and, and um, John and them hadn't gotten up. So we're thinking weird. Yeah. Strange. <laughs> strange so strange.
1: Still in bed how <laughs> yeah. unlike jonah yeah
0: so we're like okay we're just gonna go without them so um we uh we hit up nancy to figure out i mean by now she should be done with her run. no
1: in my defense you gave me like 25 minutes hold okay hold
0: up hold up, <laughs> hold up. <laughs> like most people when most normal people when they say <laughs> that they're going for a run like you're thinking i mean, 30 minutes maybe like, how long are you really what running? What
1: can you get done at 30
0: minutes? I mean, oh, no. so we go down there to, to, to check on, she says she's still running. And, and so we're go, we go down there to check on her and she says that she's running. How many miles was it, David?
1: Was it like five miles? No, it was like seven and a half that day.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So she's running like 20 miles. <laughs> <laughs> she's training for a marathon. No, she's training for a half marathon.
1: It's next weekend, by the way, guys.
2: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Good luck. What's oh, the name of it?
1: Uh, it's the Richmond Half Marathon?
2: <laughs> Richmond Half Marathon.
1: Yeah, I actually got a stre- – okay, so here's a very three thing. I got a stress fracture in my foot while training for the half marathon exactly four weeks before the half marathon. So I have it run, but I'm still going to run it on Saturday.
0: <laughs> See?
4: Get it done. So, so we're I down there – to get that trophy. And...
0: Yeah. And she's basically having a training session when she she said – Oh, I'm just gonna have a run, guys. Like she's training for a half marathon, doing seven miles, and she'd been down. She'd been down there for like, like at least forty-five minutes, right? So yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I was on mile like five when you guys, so it was at least fifty minutes.
4: And it was like game face, you know, just like I I have to hit. Yeah, it was kind of like don't. I wanted to slap your ass while you're running, and you were like. (laughs) don't even think about it (laughs) don't even think about it and total serious face and you know (laughs) just ruined the whole experience for me
0: (laughs) (laughs) so i I get the feeling with nines because i know nines that can do like really long you know training sessions and and for me it it seems like nines can they need this sort of constant motion to
3: Mm -hmm.
0: kind of get lost into where with three it's a focused drive to achieve mm-hmm. a very a specific goal. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And my, my nine partner is also training for this half marathon and it's mm-hmm. the way we go about it is very different. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, like this is something I fight. I don't enjoy it by the way. <laughs> it's like, it's like an enemy to me,
4: which is interesting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. But I know he doesn't like it either. And I don't know. He can probably hear me talking about him, <gasps> but <laughs> It's it's much more like I guess while he's running, it's a much more cathartic response. While he's running, he's sort of like in the zone and like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh my
3: god, I gotta get this done.
0: <laughs> I dated a three with the nine wing or a nine fix, and uh, one thing that I really appreciated about uh, being with her was that we could just veg out a full day and just not do mm-hmm. anything like there are a lot of assertive types i've been with some sevens and some other threes that felt like they needed to be doing stuff all the time like they're you know, like sevens have to be out there mm-hmm. let's line up some things to do today and things like that and just the value of doing nothing and staying at home and just laying on the couch and not necessarily even saying anything and just bedging out felt like uh that's um, that's a nine-ish thing that I really appreciated. Um, yeah, just the, the ability to just to chill out for <clears throat> a long period of time, and not feel like anything needs to happen. For three, seems you know, um, seems uh, pretty oppositional. But
2: my well, yeah. my, my sister's a, a three a social three, and she's like super popular and accomplished and sort of the shining star of where she is, but yeah, when she goes home, like she goes from like professional office, blah, blah, blah to like, pajamas on couch like that <laughs> that within connection seconds. that three yeah within seconds <laughs> like that three to nine line is so funny
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's it can be really frustrating though because it's a very big like push and pull because you know mm-hmm. i i want to sit at home and do nothing and yet i'm like oh but i only have this saturday and i kind of want to go hike 10 miles too <laughs> that's
3: it's insane no,
1: yeah there's no in-between <laughs>
3: That's insane. It's very frustrating.
0: Yeah, I'm always curious about like. Sometimes they're just really easy to get immediately. I can like social in three makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Self self present. Yeah, self present three makes a lot of sense. Uh, Sexual in three wasn't in. It's not immediately clear on. It wasn't immediately clear how those two come together. Um. But um, especially because I mean, the, it's the image of oh, I want to be the best or I want to be the ideal. But that feels really extroverted, and there are some introverted threes out there. But um, at least my experience of it has been, it's just I want to be because every sexual type wants to be the ideal in their um in in the eyes of who they're interested in but for sexual three, it felt like I wanted to be, I want to be ideal in your eyes, but also in a way that's, that is externally recognizable, like just objectively recognizable or to fit an ideal that, um, to To be a model for something. Yeah. Like, like highly influenciable by like, for example, like today's beauty standards for like, Influenced by that to some degree, because attractiveness is a, is a moving target, and you know what we think is attractive now is highly based on Kim Kardashian, <laughs> so like every every it seems like whether they want to or not, most women are influenced by that beauty standard because every Instagram model looks like her. Um. So you know, like the way people do their makeup and certain like. Pressures that they put onto themselves to have certain body types, so I feel like um, threes can get competitive about like this is what people uh, believe is attractive currently, and I'm measuring myself against that standard.
1: Are you saying just sexual threes or threes in general?
0: Um, I mean, just it's overt if you're a sexual type. I mean, I think everyone everyone has all three instincts, and I think threes, even the, the sexual last three that I was with had some of that uh, like threes have an awareness of what is externally considered to be the best at any point in time but um i feel like with sexual three they're the most um reactive about it like the most invested in making it happen or the most sensitive about it
3: Mm.
0: and that like my experience of that was just like whoa you don't you know you don't think like the, the phrase that she said was that I'm not, I don't think I'm your ideal or I don't think, or she was comparing in her mind what she thought I was compared to what she thought she was. Like how the scale of attractiveness, basically, mm. like in, in, almost like, you know, some people use like a, a attractiveness rating scale of one to 10. I feel like <laughs> in a way threes <laughs> are very aware of that. Yes. If that makes sense. Like, And so for a sexual three, it's like hyper aware of saying, oh, I think you're this hot and I'm this hot. But I'm like, this is so subjective. It's such a subjective scale. But I mean, on some level, a three might say that it is there's an objectivity to to that scale.
2: Well, I think I think image types in general probably like even though there's a little bit of knowing like, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm sure probably all types that uh, like, Oh yeah. Like attractiveness is subjective and da da There's definitely like an inner scale, you know?
1: Right. In- well, it's still, I mean, you know, I realize that it's subjective, but it's also like the way I kind of make it okay in my head is like, well, you know, you have to be like kind of attractive people. Like, Get the most stuff, or like you have to be attracted to someone to want to date them. So it's like, well, it makes sense that there's a scale. Like, of course, it's going to be a scale. Yeah, I don't know. That might have sounded really shitty, but
0: no, it's yeah, true. No. Like, I think sure. uh, you know, types like three are are hyper aware of value. I remember uh, at least some of the, the. I've I've had some interesting three experiences lately, and it. It, it's a sense that threes can get a clear view on you as a person. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's hard to explain, but it's almost like getting a sense of your value. like Totally, yeah. The picture of what qualities that you have that are good. Um, and so I've had experiences with threes where they can sort of get a read on me in terms of oh you have this much potential you know like you could be mm-hmm. this great because you have these qualities and so like the the image of me as this object of potential greatness or whatever it's like they haven't they have that crystallized in some way and so I, I got the sense that they were comparing themselves to that like they have an image um um of themselves or whatever potential and based on the qualities that they have and then they're looking at me and they're comparing those two things and i'm just like i'm from my point of view is like yeah that's cool but that's not actually real
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, none of this matters <laughs> yeah. Yeah. threes
2: three just naturally see what's valuable and like where potential is in themselves and others but yeah it's when they when they get less healthy than in, then it becomes a need to compete with that value as if like your value is a threat mm-hmm. to my proportion of value. And
3: mm-hmm.
2: no matter how irrational that sense of you That's know, where it becomes score scoring. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
4: I,
1: yeah. When when I was in sales, I was a sales manager and like the thing I like the quote I live by is um see people's potential not who they are now Oh yeah <laughs> and it's yeah it but when yeah i would get very grabby at certain times like oh fuck this person's way better than me and like what am i gonna do and
2: mm. like, Ugh, very like grabby part, about part of uh the trap of three is uh you know seeing value so clearly like that's the essential quality you know like in mm. seeing value but believing value is conditional upon certain results or certain things happening and so what happens mm. is uh the times when the three is not pursuing doing anything in pursuit of the value result
3: mm-hmm.
2: or is not getting the result those times are devalued right so it's like mm-hmm. me just living and being a <clears throat> normal person my being basically is devalued where you know value becomes conditional on the result i'm making yeah yeah huh
1: yeah what I learned in uh the narrative programs that my current growth edge is to like live without a purpose which what? like <laughs> dude, <laughs> wait just, a
0: minute hold on that, that makes makes sense. Sense. just
1: just just saying that makes me want to vomit, but like not having something to like grab at or go for because if I do. I haven't found a way to balance that with like being present yet. Does that make sense?
4: Yeah. Is that sort of the missing piece concept relative to three? Definitely. In relationship to nine? Like just being?
1: Mm -hmm. Because I can't just be like, even if I'm just being, I'm thinking about other things I'm going to have to do. Mm -hmm. So just existing without purpose is like terrifying and awful but that's what we're working on
4: we're scoring you so watch out
1: yeah well don't worry i'm scoring myself
4: (laughs) can you guys hear me
0: oh okay yeah Yeah.
3: so (laughs) i I
0: was i don't know why my mic was off (laughs) but um i got a question for you so if hypothetical situation so let's just say that your boyfriend I mean, you have, uh, you've got him in your mind, the image of him or the value that he has. It's a certain place right now. Mm -hmm. Let's just say a series of life changes, career, whatever else, maybe, maybe he has like a physical transformation. Um, and he significantly increases his value in your mind relative to yours. What would that do to you? How would might you react? How might you feel like your boyfriend basically like levels up in some kind of significant way? (laughs) Super Sam. Yeah. What? 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 How would you think would what would be going through your mind in that scenario?
1: Well, the very first thing that hit my mind was, well, now he could find someone better than me. So, like, for the first, like, couple, I mean, I think, I would say for the first, like, six to eight months of our relationship, I was constantly, like, like, I'm not doing, like, enough with my life. Like, do you, like, respect me and like me and think I'm enough? And, like, it was constant, like, constant questioning of, like, if you respect me and like me and, like, think I'm good enough. And so now I've kind of reached a point where, okay, like he does, <laughs> he does. We've moved in together. Like, obviously we're stable. We're good. But yeah, it's part of like, if he were to like, quote unquote get better would be crap. Now I have to get better or he's mm-hmm. going to leave.
3: So yeah, that's, that's kind of what I want
0: to get at is I'm trying to understand. I, I feel like there's a sense of, competition with three where it's like you have a sense of everyone else's value and in relationships anyway at least my experience it always felt like I like I'm not in competition with you I'm like on your side
3: (laughs) we're (laughs) on the same team
0: (laughs) yeah but it's like I recognize that I like what you said is that well now he can find someone or if the sense that he can find someone better than me or he doesn't being unsure of whether he uh values you enough to not even consider wanting that um i felt like is a pain point for threes like wanting to know that um at least the phrase is that she's my ideal that i wouldn't even be interested in someone else um for like a sexual three or three with the sexual drive is just that sense of wanting to be at the top of the heap or wanting to know that I have enough value that um, this person isn't going to want to feel like um, they're not getting enough value here or they could do better. The sense that they could just do better than than this. Um, I felt like I was made aware of that with threes mm-hmm. more so than any other type. Just the sense of there's a, a pecking <laughs> order here. In terms of value and i need to do some i need to do some reassuring to make sure that she doesn't feel like um i think i can find someone better
1: (laughs) yeah yeah well i think we all kind of live our lives thinking that everybody thinks like us so i think for threes where like we see so much we have the ability to kind of gauge people in this value system all day long on every single person we meet. So obviously everyone else is doing that to me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, nobody's very few people are doing that to you. Mm -hmm. And so chill out. So I think that's part of it is we all think that everybody else is doing exactly what we do. And
4: Mm -hmm. that's not accurate. It's a big part of the Enneagram is that.
3: (laughs) Mind blown. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of what what I – what do I assume everyone else is thinking? I think I – I just assume that everyone has potential to have really bad intentions. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, just – That's a fun every,
3: one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just like you got to watch your back at all times. You just don't – you never know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You're never sure.
0: I mean, yeah, everyone's basically – there's my other – Parts of my typing play into that for sure, but I'm just (laughs) thinking everyone is much worse than they let on for sure. Just, um,
3: what are your fixes again?
0: Five and four.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, I'm just a black hole. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) A very pushy (laughs) black hole.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm getting better at catching myself, but just, um, in situations where it feels like I'm constantly dragging things into just negative, negative conversations. And, like, I'm comfortable talking about negative things and just ragging on negative things over and over again. And it's just at some point I realized everyone's in a sour mood. Like, what's the, what are we doing? Like, this is not... we just It's ended not up pepping here. them up? Well, it's just, like... Like I, I've I've been able to just see how, um, if left to my own devices, this is what happens. Like I can just take a. I mean, I'm I'm pretty funny and I can have a lot of fun as well. But there can be like this moment where I can just go into this long train of. <laughs> terrible, things. terrible things after terrible things and we could just keep going into terrible things and then everyone is just like man this is depressing and i'm like oh yeah i'm doing that thing again i should stop you know and get back to something more light
2: they deserve it somebody <laughs> to, uh, put their face into the void
0: yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I, this happens with uh, me and od quite a bit i mean we'll just be Cracking. I mean, he's a comedian, so we're always cracking jokes all the time. And then eventually, like, our stop talking about something that sucks, and then just keep going and going. And and of course, he can do that too because he's a six. But eventually, he's just, just like too much because I'm just like I just want to keep going into how much things suck um, or how much this person sucks, and we can just keep talking about how much this person sucks. <laughs> So th-
1: that's interesting because a lot of the apes that I know like can talk about really sad, dark shit, but like seem to have it seems to have no effect on their mood.
3: Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: So what what is that? Is that what I don't get
3: that?
2: <laughs> well, I think a, I mean, a lot I, of it is is probably holding that view all the time. So it's not like it's raining on a mood. It's like, oh, that's sort of the background. And then kind of nihilistic humor or buoyancy can kind of be over that. But, you know, there's sort of a a background noise of just constant decay and entropy.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I, I feel like I have to, to some degree, not say exactly what I'm thinking all the time. Because, I mean, every now and then, if if you talk to me long enough, I'm just going to start saying what I think. But if you heard what I think, if people heard what I thought all the time, they would just, you know, it'd be like being stuck in a very terrible place. But to them, but it's like, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I think all the time. And so it's like, at some point, I had to be mindful or just to be aware that, um, one, I couldn't, some things I just shouldn't be sharing with people I just met you know just saying certain things and and uh, like people don't need to hear that you don't need to bring them to this
2: reality <laughs> well i mean just hearing your voice makes me want to slip my wrist <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> pretty much
2: just, like i've had to learn to like change my
0: the tone of my voice because there's a long like play with the tone of my voice because i recognize that i could just stay in a very down register all the time, which just seems like, um, it seems like I'm not in a good place. And people sometimes would ask me, are you okay? And I'm just like, I'm fine. But, and I'm legit fine, but it's just like the impression that it gives is that you're not in a good place when you're, and it's just a tone of voice. And so I've learned to, to like start conversations from an upbeat place. And eventually, you just drag people down into the pits.
1: <laughs> Do you think part of that is being social blind?
0: Oh yeah, it's a big, it's a big part of it. It's
1: so like a social eight would would maybe wouldn't go into the dark place as much.
2: Well, yeah, um, but I think social eights are much more buoyant. Like, yeah, I have a couple of social eight friends, and you know, like uh, I teach with uh, my friend Julie, who's a six, but her husband is social eight. He's like, you know, like a very big energy host so you go over to the, their place and he's like <laughs> he he has he's very tall and a very deep big voice and he's pouring you all kinds of drinks and he's really good at cocktail you know it's sort of you know, like really <laughs> buoyant. he's got that line of two going
3: yeah interesting
2: yeah i mean for me it's pretty
3: on or off like when i'm um when i if i'm excited
0: by someone that i've met and i can be really upbeat, and And then you know if it goes the other direction that that's where I'm at, or if I'm not in a good mood or I don't like the people I'm around or whatever it is, it's very it's very
2: variable and of course my my withdrawn fixes are a big part of that hmm i think I think when it comes to eights, there's some very buoyant eights, some very negative eights, but what is in common in terms of mood is that their mood is not based so much on uh Well, their mood is totally tends to be organized around their sense of expansion or not. And so Mm
3: -hmm.
2: like, you know, whatever is captured their interest, as long as they're sort of expanding it in the conversation or pressing that into the environment or onto other people somehow. And I don't mean that in like a violating way, but just like that sense of embiggening somehow, um, you know, then that I think gives energy and buoyancy to the mood on some level. It doesn't necessarily mean they're not in a, dark place, but they're not feeling bad about it, you know? Whereas like, I think, I think when there's a, a limit to, or repression of their expansion, then it becomes more of a, like a, a a bad mood kind of feeling. Yes. I agree with that. Just, um, I, for me, it's
0: people can feel limiting in like when I'm around certain people that I feel like I don't, have any chemistry with these people or just feel like i'm turned off by the people that i'm around then it feels like the walls are closing in because i don't want to talk to this person or we're talking about something that i have zero interest in and now i'm i'm either somewhere else or i'm in a sour mood about it and Mm -hmm. i mean i might not even realize that i'm in a a mood about it but it just feels like what am i doing here man like like get me the hell out of here um (laughs) Or I'm just become really short with people when I'm like stuck with family. Um, And that's not a situation where there's any sort of anything interesting. I'm I'm a different person. It's like, I'm just like, stop. Talk to me as as little as possible.
4: (laughs) Whereas if you were social first or second, you might push things around more to make something happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, I think social aides are more invested in, in just relationships for their own sake. And for me, if there's, mm-hmm. if there's no... I can be downright rude to, to family members just because I'm just like, there's nothing here. I don't have any reason to give a fuck about you or what... what um, I mean, I know that I'm supposed to, right? And I'm supposed to be polite mm-hmm. and do these things. But if the fact that I have to do all those things is already pissing me off. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm having to play this song and dance. I'm not really here. I'm just doing it because I, I, uh, I don't want to be a shitty son or whatever. So I have to pretend like I give a fuck
2: about this other person that's related to me. <laughs> I just like to walk into a room and just tell everybody, I don't give a fuck about all of you. <laughs> and leave.
1: <laughs> I'd be all right with that. <laughs> it's one heck of a Christmas.
0: But I think I've gotten better over the years of just, I know that I should, you know, give, I have, I don't have any, um, there's no reason for me to, to, to give the impression that I'm in a bad mood because I can change that. I mean, it's not, I'm not necessarily invested in seeming negative, so I can change the tone of my voice for the sake of someone else. So they don't think that I'm, I hate them (laughs) when we first meet, I can do that. I can make that little effort.
2: I mean, you're you're a pretty uh, welcoming host, right? Yeah, I mean, I've never felt you, unwelcomed. Though. That's for you guys, though. That's for me. Yeah, I know. But at one point, me. I was a new
1: person.
0: <laughs> but I mean, you were still within the circle.
1: I was also female, so
2: yeah. There's always that <laughs> something that uh, I was thinking that in the future, what we should do is uh, say our names.
1: Oh, like
2: Because yeah. I, I was listening to uh, a podcast <laughs> I like. And at the beginning, they're like, hey, it's Will and Matt and da 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 here. And then they just go in. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a thing we don't do. <laughs> yeah, we
1: do not <laughs> no. state our names. Before. People have People no idea. People should
2: just know. Come on. <laughs> they don't know. They better figure it out.
4: And are they saying it often, like right before they speak? each time
2: no or... just like at the beginning it's like yep. hey it's so and so here so and so here today in the yep. room or whatever and here we go we could just record like you know hey john here type four blah blah blah, and then we go through and then then the music and then whatever depending on how yeah. the editing sounds
0: yeah i like that idea we can just make tag that part of the the intro we can do that so because i don't want to say that shit every time don't
1: how, yeah. how dare we? For we'll do it
0: once. On <laughs> how dare? He's
1: not. He's just not about that.
0: <sighs> not about saying my type every week. Fuck that. You need to know what my type is. Write it down. Remember <sighs> or, it.
1: Or he will block you from all of his social media. and Never <laughs> yeah.
0: talk. I'll just pretend you don't exist. That's what, that's what will happen. Like I'm. I am already. <laughs> <laughs>